Welcome into episode 136 of the Natural Hattrick Podcast alongside Craig Morgan. The Natty Hattie. No, 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 Luke. Future Athletic Arizona writer oh, Craig geez, Morgan. Stop. I'll be like everybody else on the internet oh, and, ma- okay. and make the, spreading make the... those rumors. <laughs> so should we just not even introduce him on the show? If he's if he's as good as out like the that. door, don't I'm go okay. spreading those rumors. <laughs> Let's try this again. Alongside nobody and Jamie Eisner. Hey, hey, what's up, Jamie? You're gonna have to assume a more. I'm used to doing shows role. with nobody. So. That's okay. And our producer is here, Chris Schubert. Might as well be nobody. And I'm Luke Lipinski. Have I introduced myself yet eight times? Um, this is the Justin Falk. Is this the episode of the show, or are we just renaming the show the Justin Falk podcast since he had a natural hat trick? I think we should we should just honor him in some yes. way. Only ten defense se- ten separate defensemen have ever had a natural hat trick in NHL history. That's a pretty cool accomplishment. Luke named the other nine. Dion Phaneuf. Um, John Scott when he stepped back and played defense for a game. And I'm out of names. I would assume one of them was just John Scott. Al McInnes had two. That actually makes sense. How many does Ryan McInnes have? Wow. He's not a defenseman and he's not in the NHL. Be honest, Greg, did you yell the Natty Hattie at the TV when you saw Justin Falk get the hat trick? I did not. Oh, well, it's almost like it didn't happen then. That's got to be Craig's new gimmick, is anytime someone scores a natural hat trick, he has to like record himself yelling and then put it out on Twitter. Yeah, like once or twice a year it happens. I think you can take those extra 10 seconds. I'm looking for optimism today, and before the yeah, show, I look at the wrong place. need optimism, Luke. Why is it you need optimism I just need something, something to feel good about today. You're better than Chris. Chris, how do you feel about that? No, he nodded what aggressively. Are feeling, what are you feeling badly about, Luke? We don't have time. It's, okay. a, it's a only an hour and a half long podcast. <laughs> it's it's, only, it's only the longest <laughs> hockey podcast in the world. <laughs> yes. So let's start with the uh, Dion Phaneuf trade to Los Angeles. Ottawa is doing something. I'm just not exactly sure what they're doing. They're I guess cutting they're, salary. Yeah. saving money, yeah. That's... Oh, are they cutting salary so they can make room for LeBron James? No, they're just cutting salary because Eugene Melnick is tired of bankrolling the team. Pretty much. <laughs> As he said recently, way too much of our revenue base that we have, and he's tired of bankrolling team opportunities. What, what The best part of it was... How long can you underwrite a team? I don't know. You're the owner. <laughs> so it's kind of what you do. Yeah, you tell like us. literally underwrite. Write a check. I have it, but I'm not going to blow a lifetime of working hard to support a hockey team. It's not going to happen. Yeah. How That's you feeling, inspiring. Ottawa? How you feeling, fan base, about your owner right now and your Yikes. chances? It's not not quite what you want to hear. No. Uh, well, luckily, he doesn't have any superstars he has to resign in the near future. Who's yeah. who's the worst? Who's got the first pick in the 2019 NHL draft? Because I think Ottawa's the early favorite, especially. I mean, if they don't, yeah, but it doesn't go according to odds anymore. Yeah. Okay. Who's going to have Which the most ping pong balls? Big market teams that miss the playoffs. Let's let's predict that, and then we can decide. All right. So then, who's going to pick fourth in the 2019 <laughs> NHL draft? Is that better? <laughs> Arizona. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I think I'd take Arizona over Ottawa now, though, at this point. Ottawa seems like a... Uh, Ottawa is a disaster. They you get this trade? Direction. You get, no. Does, does the, it do anything for L.A.? Dion Phaneuf, does it do anything? Uh, no. Dion Phaneuf's best days are well, well behind him. It, Dion Phaneuf, I will, I will say this, seems like the sort of player that L.A. would want, and that he's big and physical and not real fast. He fits the L.A. mold from five years ago. Yes. So the NHL mold from five years ago. Yes. yes. When everybody tried to copy the Kings. Now... This feels like the Kings trying to copy the Kings, so I don't know how that's really going to work. But so, uh, yeah. well, they would know better than anyone else, I guess. Yeah, but that I don't, I, that style <laughs> of play just doesn't work in the NHL anymore. It's going to create more playing time for Thomas Shabbat, right? It yeah, should, right. It has to. I mean, that's like it has that's to. Not a bad thing, I guess, but I don't think that's what's 
that yeah, I don't think at that's the root of this move. Someone, especially after we read that, a uh, few of the people out in Los Angeles kept talking about how like who let Dean Lombardi back in the building. <laughs> the most notable thing about this is that Dion Phaneuf is married to Alicia Cuthbert. Oh, for me. Did you guys really not? I did not know that. Does nobody listen when Sean Avery talks? I try not to. I actively try not to. Okay. You guys really didn't know? I mean, that's no, I did not. No, no, I'm not. I'm not big into the athlete marriage. Like, I don't. Care. Not really big into celebrity stuff. Period. But that's uh, okay. Fine. I'm not. I know you watch entertainment tonight, but I'm trying to watch it right now. But you guys won't quiet down. <laughs> I just didn't think it was possible to be a hockey fan and not know that. No. Uh, you well, yeah. Did you guys know Mike Fisher and Carrie Underwood are married? I did know. I that did. One. Yeah. Oh, okay. and NBC told me that a million times. Carrie so. Underwood's. Kind of a bigger deal than Alicia Cuthbert. That's, that's I'm not going to deny that. I'm just putting it out there. Those are the only two hockey marriages I know. I'm sorry. That's all I can offer you. This, um, if I'm an Ottawa fan, I'm not upset by this because they traded Dion Phaneuf. I'm upset because of the quote you guys both just alluded to. Where well, I'm upset because I'm an Ottawa fan. Well, yeah, but when I get past that, I'm I'm not upset that we lost Dion Phaneuf. I'm upset that. It seems to signify ownership saying we're not going to spend money. Unless they're clearing out that cap space to give that money to Eric Carlson, in which case, more power to you. And they're counting on being able to sign Eric Carlson? And also then if they sign him, then what? Because they have Eric Carlson right now, and things are going swimmingly. <laughs> I'm sensing sarcasm from <laughs> so, like, there's Jamie this, Eisner. There's another step here. Like, yes, you want to keep Eric Carlson, but you then, you know, would like to, I don't know, maybe be back in the playoffs, put some pieces around them. You know. Who is this team built around right now? If you go by Other players... Well, let, okay, let take Carlson out of the equation for a second because we don't know if he's going to be there beyond next season. So if you're looking at players that are signed past 2020, then the Ottawa Senators are built around Zach Smith, Marion Gabrick, and Bobby Ryan. Well, there's your problem. <laughs> I think I've identified the issue. Mark Stone and Mike Hoffman. Yeah, they're just yeah. not signed that far yet, but yes. There's been talk about Mike Hoffman being traded. I can't, yeah. I can't imagine they do that, but who knows? I don't. I'm, I, not, I'm not optimistic about the future of this team. No. No, because Ooh. your two best players are very clearly Mark Stone and Eric Carlson, and they're both due some money pretty they do, soon. They do have Matt Duchesne, so. That's nice. He's picked it up lately. He has. This is the first time He's we've ever. 22 whole points. We've ever started the show talking about Ottawa, so we can move on now. Uh, let's talk about the Chicago Blackhawks, who we saw in person here. Audible sigh. And uh, it makes it that much more audible. Oh, hold on. Label Before we start talking about the Blackhawks, yeah. there's something we need to talk about, Luke. Uh, okay. I won't get too deep inside hockey here, but just know if you're a casual hockey fan that likes to tune in during the playoffs, oh, boy. you're not going to be seeing the Blackhawks there this year. Oh, he has admitted it on the record. Wait, what do I win? What Where did you get win? that from? Don't worry about it. Okay. What do we win? One of your several other jobs. Yeah. Was that on the air? That was. It was on the, it air. Was on the air. Okay. I didn't. I did not sneak into your house and record you talking about the Blackhawks. I, I have been talking about it quite, quite often lately. So he does practice often when he's walking around the house. So I'll give you this opportunity to admit defeat to to Craig. Absolutely. What are you giving me? One hundred percent. Nothing, because we didn't bet anything. See, that's just. <laughs> but we didn't bet anything. I told you guys to come up with something, and then I watched them play. And as I told but, you, that was punishment but the, enough. The bet was if they missed the playoffs. So that's still in doubt. So I feel like I can still throw something out there. Out, I don't Jamie. know how in doubt it is. Help me out here, they, Jamie. The, that looks like a hockey Help team. Out here, Chris. I, I, I said I'd, I'd like to, but the Blackhawks are now. What are they? It's not twelve just their, points. It's not just their <laughs> record. It's they look like they quit on their coach, which makes no sense at all to me. But they does that look like a hockey team that is still trying to make the playoffs? 
they just look like a bad team. They're to just me. not good. Yeah, they're just That's bad. The problem. They're just not a good team. They're okay. a very flawed team with three or four players everybody knows about. Yes, and that's exactly. why people continue why... to believe in them. Exactly, exactly. But they still have Patrick Kane and Jonathan Davis and Duncan Keith. That was not me, by the way. <laughs> that's all they've got. Corey Crawford's not even playing. Okay, but there are flawed teams in the NHL that are ahead of them in the standings. True. That don't have those players. So, but not quite as flawed. They shouldn't be this bad. They're only one game under NHL 500, so it's not like they're horrible. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but they've gonna... dropped seven in a row well, there's and that. 11 of 13. They don't have any goaltending hey, you know in what case you haven't noticed. In some parts of Canada, 56 points is more than enough to get into contract extension. So Ooh. we'll talk about that later in the show. Uh, that's, a, that's a teaser. That's exciting. I don't know if you have to do teasers in a podcast <laughs> format, do you? <laughs> Keep listening. I like it. Don't switch <laughs> over to like whatever else, other podcast you might So what is it you're to. giving me? Yeah. Back to that. Uh, there's this what orange pen <laughs> that was on the t- You know, actually, I think I should have it noted that I stopped and bought us all coffee today. So I feel like that was, number, yeah, that was my way. Me. Yeah, ah, okay. That so was my way of acknowledging. Are 500 in debt now? Uh, I would say like 480, okay. probably. 495. Um, that was that was eye-opening to see how bad that hockey team is. Mm-hmm. Up close and personal? Yeah. yeah. I, they were, Try watching them every night. They were unwatchable. They really... I mean, and it was at the game, so I had to look at something. But they just... At least when they were here in Arizona, they looked like Alex DeBrinkett and Duncan Keith running around a lot, and that's like the team. Tommy Wingles did a couple things. I mean, that they shouldn't be that bad. So what happens now? Good question. I, there's a lot of who's there co- are a lot of rumors yeah. flying that Joe Bunkel coaching his job, and which is amazing to me because I don't think he's one of the problems. We, we've we've talked about a lot of the problems. Their blue line is. Atrocious. Jordan Osterley is on the top pair. That's a problem right there. Brent Seabrook can't move anymore. It's just the game has gotten way too fast for him and apparently can't clear pucks from his own crease either. You could trade him to L.A. <laughs> That's right. Maybe that maybe it would work out there. They, I mean, when you look at their blue line now and look at the guys that they're playing, who, who excites you? Who, who do you think, okay, this guy could take the next step, move into a, a top four role? How much time do we have to sit here silently? <laughs> right. I feel like I got in trouble for something so, and Craig's yelling at us. I think that's the concern is where's the help coming from in the next two years? Not in the system. They've traded all those guys away. How good would Nick Letty look on this team mm-hmm. right now? He would be one of their best players. Or Dustin Bufflin, of course. Or yeah. Nick Chalmerson. Nick Chalmerson, who Joel Quinville did not storm out of a hotel after Chalmerson was traded. That's Don't believe what you heard. Okay. I never did. <laughs> or go ahead and believe it. Oh, okay. I'll do that. still my theory. Um, that's not, that doesn't even take into account what's going on up front. They lost Artemi Panarin. Yeah. They lost Marion Hossa. Those are two really big losses from last year when they won the division. They Marion lost, Hossa. What? They lost Brandon Saad, apparently, at some point this season, too. Yeah, well, yeah, he never <laughs> arrived. Yeah. No, he was there. He had, like, a hat-trick the, early in the season, didn't he? He had a good game. They left him in twenty. Was that against Pittsburgh where yeah, he scored 10 goals? They scored ten, yeah, okay. let's bring yeah. that up again. Yeah. And both teams went in different directions. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. The, Peng- the Penguins are in a really bad spot right now compared to Chicago. Mm-hmm. You're right, Luke. Things have been all doom and gloom for Penguins fans in recent years. Hey, no, that's not what I'm saying at all. The the, the possibility of Joel Quenville getting fired mid-season. Craig and I were talking about this at the game the other night. First of all, what do you percentage chance that that actually happens in the season? I I can't predict that. I'm not on the inside there. I, I can't predict that, but I could see it happening. I could certainly see it happening because they have expectations of making the playoffs and I mean, when you lose seven straight games, they're, they're in a crazy tailspin right now. And this is supposed to be the time of year where you're turning it up a yeah. notch and, and really making a run. It, 
I guess some people from the outside could perceive this as they've quit on the team, I, uh, quit on the coach. I don't think they're a good team, and I think other teams are tune, tuning it up right now, playing at a higher level, and the Blackhawks can't match it because they're just not talented enough. But this could come down to a power play between Stan Bowman and Joel Quenville, and let's not forget who one of the senior advisors is for the Blackhawks. It's Scotty Bowman, the one guy who has more wins in his NHL coaching career than Joel Quenville. Well, A, you'd be a terrible fortune teller because people would come in and plunk down money and you'd be like, I can't really predict the future because I don't have inside knowledge of the future. But B... Yeah, wildly speculate, like a lot of colleagues. Yeah. I mean, what are you, a journalist or yeah, not? Yeah, just, just make stuff up. If, um, <laughs> if Joel Quenville <laughs> were to become available oh mid-season... I'm just, I'm just trying to think of the feeding frenzy. If, At the top of everyone's list. Look, I, I, it's, it's amazing. We've talked about this, too. This is the... I haven't gone back and looked at this, but I can't remember a season where there wasn't a coaching change. Yeah. And there hasn't been a coaching change no. this year. So, I mean, if Edmonton fires Todd McClellan, Joel will probably look at that and say, you know what, I'll wait till the summer because I'm going to have other options. Yeah. I mean, the idea of coaching Connor McDavid might be enticing on the flip side. Do you want to look walk, at the rest of the roster? <laughs> question is, do you want to walk right back into the situation the Blackhawks were kind of in? Right. Just with different players. Yeah, you got a couple talented players and nothing around them. Yes. Yeah, that's not a good situation. And maybe a worse not GM. the cap space to, to do. Yeah. <laughs> maybe the only worst GM. <laughs> so I, I think he would wait until the summer and he'd have some options. It, it would be really interesting to see, though. I, I do think he'd be at the top of everyone's list. It's kind of amusing that his good friend Dave Tippett is also out there so and say very the, high in everyone's the list. The feeding frenzy of Quenville and Tippett, if, if we make it to the offseason. I want those they, two to Those two are better than half the coaches in the league. Oh, not more. I'd say more than half. So... I want those two to open a restaurant called the Feeding Frenzy of Quenville and Tippett because I, I'm of the belief that if Joel Quenville were to become available midseason, I don't doesn't think really roll will. off the, the name doesn't really roll off the tongue. No, you know, I just abbreviate it. Q-tip? <laughs> Q-tips. Q-tips. It'll, it'll just be a bar in downtown Hartford. Um, if, if Joel Quenville were to be You'll available... you have a whale of a time. Oh, oh man, no way. <laughs> of all the times painful. you could have muted his mic, Chris, painful. and... All right, Craig, it's just me and you now. Okay. Jamie's here, but we can't hear him. Um, if Joel Quenville were to become available midseason, like, teams would actually have to consider firing their coaches midseason just to go after him, right? I, I don't think so. I don't think anyone's going to be that drastic. Oh, we got to fire a guy because we think we might be able to get Joel but if Quenville. But if you're a fringe team, I mean, you can't necessarily wait until the Does summer. Joel Quenville want to coach a fringe team? Joel Quenville's got to have his pick of the litter. Oh, right now exactly. I'm sure a fringe team sounds pretty good to Joel Quenville. He's on a fringe I don't know team. that it does. I mean, he's he, he's probably fine financially for a little while. And, you know, sometimes it's it's okay to take a step back, take a little time off, even if it is just a matter of months, and oh. reassess. And I do, again, I, I think he can take the best job available, so I have no idea why he would rush into something in the middle of a season. But you just said nobody's firing their coaches this season. And when we get to the offseason, I'm sure somebody will get fired. Yes, but it's typically not a good team that fires their coach unless there's odd circumstances. True, but there there usually are odd. I mean, look at how many coaching openings there have been in the NHL in the last three years. Um, what is it, like five or six teams that haven't changed coaches in the last three years? But so you, good teams have fired their coaches. Especially in hockey, and especially now if you have those two coaches available. You have to think. I guess you have one available all year, but assuming I don't know how much, how eager Tippett has been to... To grab jobs at that time, but if you're going next off season, you have to. Sometimes you have to take that opportunity. 
if you see there's a significantly better coach on the market than I have right now that I would normally, under normal circumstances, would not have an opportunity to get, you yeah. might have to make a tough decision. Well, you should treat it just like upgrading your roster. Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Is your mic unmuted yet? I have no idea. <laughs> okay. Is it? I hope they can hear me. Chris hasn't responded. So Is I don't it know unmuted? If we're, if we're just listening to dead okay. air here for a while. Um, 11 of the current NHL coaches have been hired since the start of 2017. So there you go. That's a third that, of the league. That's insane. And I think that's part of why there's been so few turnovers. Right. Go back to 2015 and look at the number. Yeah. It's insane. I do think it's like five or six guys that have longer tenure than that. Uh, yeah, it is. It, it, well, it's seven. Okay, it's because it's the only league where you can Quenville. fire your coach mid-season and then still be successful. But that, like, that doesn't happen in other sports. That's usually. what I'm getting at. I, I, like I said, I don't think Chicago's going to cast. fire Joel Quenville mid-season, but if you were a fringe playoff team and you were had questions about your coaches any, coach anyway, and I I'd have to look. Or if and, the Penguins go in a slump for a week and a half. Well, we've seen, we've seen the Penguins now twice, twice win Stanley Cups by adding a different coach mid-season. Like, what if you are, I don't know, who would this... I keep coming back to Carolina. I don't know why Joel Quenville would take that job. I get that. But... All the former Blackhawks are there. I guess that's one reason. At the moment, yeah, they, most of the bad ones. Yeah, not the Blackhawks. Not the good ones. <laughs> they are. They are actually the second wild card team right now. Yeah, that's I mean, nice. But I just, I don't, I don't see a great future with Carolina. I don't see the elite players there that are going to take you to Stanley Cup contention. Okay, well then let's say this. Let's let's say he makes it through the season. If you're going to go with a young team that you think has promise but isn't there yet, Florida. But do you want to deal with that front office? No. I don't know. I, if I'm Quinville, I don't know if I want to. I guess that's the thing. is Which team out there is good enough where Joel Quinville would go, but bad enough where they would consider firing their coach this offseason? Well, Calgary. It can't be Montreal because he doesn't speak French, I don't think. So so he's out. He's out of the running. Calgary, um, if, if, they, if they're if they out in the first round early or yeah. they miss. Yeah, that'd be an interesting yeah, that'd be an interesting hire, actually. Because Glenn Gullitson's one of the longer-tenured coaches since he's been there for a year and a half now. Been there since mid-June of 2016. Yeah, and again, that's a team we've talked about has that's made some progress, but very, very slow compared to what I think we would have thought they would have made, given their roster. And, and some of the personnel decisions that they've made have been, we've liked. They just haven't taken that next step yet. Like Philadelphia, maybe? But Hackstall has them playing decent hockey. Yeah. I'm just I'm, Dave Hackstall, by the way, only seven coaches are longer tenured with their current teams than Dave Hackstall. That's crazy. Let that sink in for a second. But all the guys that have been there longer than, I mean, Barry Trotz, Bill Peters, but Peter Laviolette, Paul Maurice, Alan Vigneault, John Cooper, Joel Quenville. I mean, other than Quenville, those guys uh, probably aren't losing yeah. jobs. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just looking at some of these other teams. Like, I, I don't even if they miss the playoffs, I don't think Columbus fires Tortorella. No. Now, he could all, like, there could be something crazy that happens and Tortorella blows up on somebody because he's Tortorella. Chase the GM down the hallway with uh, a stick. The Rangers have already, like, I, why would, that job's not an ideal job. I That's mean, an interesting one, though. It's an interesting Which one. one. The Rangers, yeah. but, like, is that an, like, uh, that actually might be my front runner right now. I, I'd just like to see them a little further along. He I, could I, make that team a, a wild card team, but is that. I mean, is that your highest aspirations right now? Is that team that you feel like is within three years of maybe jumping up to a cup spot? Didn't you read the letter that you read last week? Uh, yeah, no, you're right. You're, I have another letter to read this week. Do you? Yes, I do from the Canucks. Wow. It's just like because we all trend. thought the Canucks were going to be a playoff team this year, right? Mm, uh, yeah, absolutely. That's why they went out and made the moves they did. <laughs> uh, no, I'm going Rangers. If you're telling me right now somebody hires Joel Quenville in the My initial thought, I'm looking at Edmonton, 
Rangers. Why would he go to Edmonton? Well, because of because you have the best because you're gonna have the best player in the world. Yeah, not yet, but but you will. You you are then in that position. When Crosby ever finally stops being awesome, at some point you'll have the best player in the world. But then you're in that position where you don't have a the ability to put players around them. Yeah, I mean that's the other problem. I mean, if the cap goes up to eighty, we've talked about this. There there might be a little wiggle room for Edmonton to. to Well, and it may be if Edmonton has new leadership at that point. I doubt it, but maybe they do. Mm. Then that's a different story. If somebody else is bringing in Joe Quenville, that's not Chiarelli. That's that is a different story. Yes, you have to deal with other issues, but you might be more confident those issues can get fixed. You think he'll win GM of the year again this year? Uh, no, no. I, do, I do not think he will be in Vegas. A finalist. We will not he, see he him. He might be in Vegas, but we will not, not see him on that on those little small little pedestals that they put around the, the conference GM room. of the year. Uh, well, it's going to be McPhee, but we're we kind of I, think I, Gallant needs the Jack Adams, and you should. A lot of times that happens. Yes, both guys win. Yeah, I don't. I, mean, when I that feel. I feel like Gallant Malonian. Tippett, but actually. that's it, right? Yeah. That's the Is only that time? the only time? I think um, so. Because the GM award hasn't been around that long. Mm. Did Colorado's not that's get true too. in the, the year that they swept the... Make me look things up. It's a good thing Colorado I brought my Calgary laptop. Colorado Calgary years. Look at that, those two. Okay. Colorado Wait, Calgary. Do you have the laptop? Year. Yes. Oh, okay. Talk amongst yourselves a while. Because we, we had what? We had oh. Calgary year, then... Or no, we had Colorado year, then Calgary year, and then Columbus. I think in like... With space in between. Where they where they just took over all the awards. Can you put this in the haiku form? <sighs> no? I might. I'll see. We can't both not talk at the same time. Okay, and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm mesmerized by watching Chris play Fruit Ninja over there. So, <laughs> Craig, Craig just, play Fruit Ninja? Well, Craig is willing to talk 99% of the time, but if I ask Craig specifically to talk, he just shuts down and gets distracted by the, the nearest shiny object. Here's your GMs of the year. 2010, Don Maloney, then Mike Gillis, Doug Armstrong, Ray Shiro, Bob Murray, Steve Eiserman, Jim Rutherford, and David Poyle. Okay. So... It's only one time, but then, like you said, it hasn't been around very long. If I could see them both winning. I mean, Shiro is a, a candidate again if New Jersey gets into the playoffs, I think. They, they made a lot of moves in the offseason. Yeah, they did. They made their team better quickly, which mm-hmm. um, he would actually probably be my pick, although you can't go wrong with McPhee after what he's done. But uh, I'm with you. Gallant should be a lock for the Jack Adams, so do you really want to give the, the coach of the year and the GM of the year to the same team? Is Don Sweeney going to get some love? Can we talk about the, the best team in hockey right now? Boston Bruins? I got a haiku for you. I, oh, boy. no. What, do you have a, like a, a no. site you go to? He has a haiku generator. Stuff? It does. Okay. He does. Okay. Okay. The NHL go. awards were once swept by Avs, Flames, Jackets. Things then went real bad. <laughs> I don't even think that's the right format, is it? 575. Huh. Got it. Uh, You're yeah. welcome. Somebody needs to check their These work. haikus on the spot are my new gimmick. It's great. Haiku's on the spot with Jamie Eisner. Uh, last thing on the Blackhawks. If they were to fire Joel Quenville... Yes. Actually, i got one more question after this. Okay. Who do they so bring in as questions. the head coach? Is it going to no, be Dave no. Tippett? No. No, I, I, no I'd imagine they would go... <laughs> this is the NFL players coach... Uh, hard... What's, what's the players coach? What's the other one? I, I keep screwing this up. Don't remember what it was. Good cop, bad cop? Kind of, but it's like players coach or like... Guy that's like a drill sergeant. Can you put there's this the, There's in another a, word. I can't put that in a haiku. Can you... Then what's the point? You can't bring in a drill sergeant to that team. No. You can't do that. Not with that group. Um, that wouldn't play at all. So no Mike Keenan is what you're saying. <laughs> they already went down that road. So Long ago. I know, Craig, that you can't answer this scientifically, but if you both would indulge me with a percentage. Scientifically. Let's percentage say, of Joel Quenville getting fired? No, no, no. One of them gets fired. Which, which percentage Bowman are you leaning towards? Quenville? Bowman? Bowman versus Quenville? Yes. I'm leaning towards Quenville because of... Scotty Bowman's presence in the organization, but I would 
suggest to Rocky Wirtz that he do a deeper look at this organization and, and the real problems behind it. History tells us coaches tend to lose battles before general managers yes, do. Unbelievable. He's won them three Stanley Cups. I yep. can't believe that he's the second winningest coach in NHL history. I mean, maybe there's... There's there's something to the notion that sometimes your message wears out with your team. I get that, no matter how good of a coach you are. But that's, but that's, that's not the case here. That's the cliche yeah. that people play in, in instances like this. Oh, he's lost the team. Give me no, a it's break. Big. Yes, he's lost no, all he's of lost the good talent. Players. He's yes. lost all of the good players yes, since yes. they last were good. He's lost his team to the rest of the NHL. Yes. spread out across the league. Yes. But don't you think that's what they're going to try and spin it as? Of oh, course. Sure. It'll be not publicly. But that's what you'll hear in private. That's what'll get spun. I, I don't he buy. Lost, it. He lost. I a just lot. don't buy it. Uh, there's a link in our show sheet to an Edmonton Oilers tweet that is seven thousand words long. Anybody want to jump in and talk about what this is? All I saw was that it referenced the seven five loss they had to Florida the other day, where there was two penalty shots in the same game. So I mean, well, the Oilers right there. The Oilers yeah. may not be what you would call good. Um, no, they they are not what I would call good. But they are entertaining. They exist, yes. I mean, they are like a team that, that scores goals and gives up goals. So if you're trying to introduce somebody to hockey, yeah, probably I mean, have them watch an Oilers. If you're a gambler and like to bet the over, I mean, yeah, that's nice. But Anybody ever bet the under? There are pe- there are sad people in the world that bet unders. For- <laughs> Chris, are you as bored as I am? And then sit there and, and okay. watch, watch hockey and hope for no goals. All right, to, to get back to that tweet, this was the first game in NHL history, regular season or playoffs, in which each team scored on a penalty shot, and only the fourth game in which two penalty shot goals were scored. That's why it's included. Because it's history, Luke. History. Right. Now back to the conversation Jamie and I were having. Okay. Um, if, you were, if you had to pick, if like, somebody walked in, they were a sports fan, and you wanted them to get into hockey, which Tampa two teams... Bay. Now I got to reword the question so your answer is ridiculous. Uh, which two teams would you want them to watch play? Tampa Bay. Would Tampa be Bay on my was list. clearly one. Okay, and I would say Edmonton wouldn't be on my list no, if that's where you're going. No. I'm just trying to say Tampa Bay. If you want to talk players, sure, Connor McDavid's on that list, yeah. but this is open ended. All right, Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh. Still, yeah, Pittsburgh would be my other choice too. We're on the same page here. Wow, you need to get on board. Maybe get I should get a different. You want studio. them to watch Edmonton and Chicago? No, but I'm just saying, I, I, I wanted to know what, yes, Edmonton, Ottawa. Please watch Ottawa. Uh, I wanted to know what direction you guys Honestly, were going to go. Honestly, the Senators deserve this after making us watch them in the postseason for so long. They deserve what, this. For one or watch year. Vegas if you want to see what team hockey is all about. Yeah. You guys, you made a mockery of my question, which, as it turns out, was a pretty brilliant question. Because you could go down the, the path of, here, watch Connor McDavid. He's the next great thing in this league, and his team doesn't play defense, so you'll see a lot of goals. Or you could go down the Vegas path. Tampa Bay, I agree, has to be in there, although yeah. they've... Have they slowed down, or is just the rest of the division playing out both. of their mind? A little bit of both. It is a little bit of both. Where Toronto's, very, despite what people in Toronto think, the Maple Leafs are pretty good. Yeah. And Boston doesn't lose ever again. So. Boston has now lost two games in regulation since December 18th. Is that correct? Something like that. They're kind of good. That's yeah, um, they're all right. They, as we record this, are one point behind Tampa Bay for first place in the Atlantic, and they have two games in hand on Tampa Bay. Yeah. This is. This is insane. I yes. mean, it's, it's not. I don't think it's crazy. I don't think any of us think it's crazy that they are, are going to be a playoff team. I, I've, we all sort of saw them as a fringe team at the start of the season, correct? But yeah, but the uh, they might be the best team in the NHL. I, they're they're two points away from having the best record. They're definitely the hottest team. If you were if the playoffs started today, they would have to be your Stanley Cup pick, right? 
I mean, they, they would have they don't, a tough they don't ever lose. Yeah, see, that's a so, great quality to have. A, I was saying, that's a great <laughs> quality to have going to the postseason is never losing. The only issue they would have if the playoffs started I guarantee started you, if today, you don't lose in the playoffs, you're probably going to win the Cup. Prob- guarantee, probably. Um, they would have to go through Toronto, Tampa Bay in the Has first two Has anybody ever done that? Fofo, fofo. Sorry. No. Is that reference? Yeah, yeah I don't know. Do you know that reference? No. Craig constantly making basketball references on this show. It's, oh, look. What, what was was the, was that Kings team the closest that went like 5 4 4 5 or whatever? They were pretty close. They I think that was the closest. Dominated in what that postseason, it? just the Coyotes left. Four. Was it like 5 4 5 4? Or 5 4 4 5? I can't remember what it was. But it was I, I think I they, they only played, played New like, Jersey in the Stanley Cup. So that was so like six. three. Oh. So they because they lost that one in six. Yeah. They they had really they had a, they had a good run, they did. They played like three games over the minimum as the eight seed in yes. the Western Conference. Anybody want to say anything about Dustin Brown getting suspended or not? Or Dustin? No. No. Okay. It, just, it felt like a, a, the proper time That's to. Right. Do you guys think Dustin the Kings Pan- are going to make the playoffs? Do I right now? I mean, they have Dion Phaneuf now. So. Well, okay. Well, you know, we're game changer. Uh, um, I don't know. Thanks. Quite doesn't look good. You guys are fantastic at the predictions. <laughs> What do you think will happen? I don't know. Well, what if this happened? I can't tell you that. I still think Anaheim gets in, so... Yeah, they're not making it easy on themselves, but I just have to... I mean, they're the big beneficiary of the loser point this year. 11? They have 11 loser points? Is anybody besides the Coyotes in the Pacific ever going to win a hockey game again? Because everybody's on a losing streak except Vegas and the Coyotes right now. And I guess Vancouver's won one in a row. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so... Should we, uh, we talk? I'm starting to have my doubts about Anaheim. Our, the yeah. team we keep saying is going to make its run, and then we're slowly can't. running out of time. Yes. Were there 24 games left for them? Yep. Yep. We're we're starting to run out of time because now they're three points back of a playoff spot, and they've played two more games than everybody. Well, they're only one I guess they're one point back, back at Calgary, yeah. but oof, I don't know. Are there which which teams can we write off in the West for sure? Edmonton, uh, Vancouver, Arizona, Chicago, and Chicago. And Chicago yes, I'll cut the line there. I don't think Colorado's going to make it, but yeah, but four points back, I'm not going to say really they can't. So we've got what five? I've got eleven teams fighting for eight spots in theory, and it's looking more and more like only three teams from the Pacific are going to get in. I mean, it's looked that way for most of the season, but now it's yeah. it's looking pretty definitive. Although I couldn't tell you who the bottom two in the Pacific are going to be. Definitive? Uh, okay, maybe not definitive, but Minnesota is currently the second wild card with 68 points. And that, therein lies the problem, yeah. in my opinion. I, I don't trust Minnesota. So maybe there's I don't a scenario. Trust San Jose either. Well, uh, although it looks like Hurdle's not going to be. The word was not. It's not a major injury. Yeah. But. So maybe. Like, like, would it shock it you if it's Vegas, LA, Anaheim in the Pacific? No, like, I mean, San Jose and Calgary both don't make. I don't, I don't everybody think behind Vegas is bunched up basically by four. three points. Four teams no. bunched up by three points. Any combo of those four. Yep. Because you just feel like one of these teams is going to go on a five-game winning streak, and then they'll, they'll be in. I don't know which one it's going to be, but one of them is going to. What's um? Let's let's we have to talk about the Coyotes at this point because now in January they've been pretty good in all but two games. They've played sixteen games. the The second half of their season started essentially on January first. They just went back to back over Chicago and San Jose. I know everything we just said about Chicago, but that's the first time the Coyotes have beaten them as soundly as they did in twenty-one years. So. Are we seeing anything that's potentially well, like permanent here? Game five of the, or game six of the Western Conference quarterfinals from like 2012. But yeah, regular season. They haven't beat. They didn't beat Chicago six to one in the playoffs. No, no. But they they were close. I, I don't know. I don't know yet, Luke. I mean, first of all, six five and five is obviously the best stretch that they've had this season. But you're comparing it to 
just horrible hockey that they played the first couple months yeah. of the season, maybe even the first three months of the season. I, you, they need to sustain it for longer than this. And he, Dave Tippett always said this, it's much easier to play when you're loose and there's nothing to play for anymore. Everybody knows that you're out of the race. The games aren't meaningful to them other than to try and build some momentum. Other teams are playing for playoffs. So I, I, I'm not even sure where I sit on that because you should be facing teams that, that are playing with more desperation, so it should be harder to beat them. So there, there's arguments to be made on both sides yeah. of that. But I just think that they need to sustain this for a little longer before we declare that they're, you know, they've turned the corner. And they're, they're six five and five. That's that's a decent record. That's still not a good record, but it's much better than what they were earlier in the season. Yeah, and this is gonna be groundbreaking analysis. But you obviously rather win than lose. Oh wait, hold on. But... Pause the podcast. Here. <laughs> but I don't I don't know how much I read into that. Now, if they were on a ten one and one stretch, I'd be like, okay, maybe there are pieces here they can. They really found something. If they go on like a Colorado-like run, again, they wouldn't be out of last place even, but you would say, okay, there are tangible things that we can take from this run and say, maybe they found something, maybe they found a formula, maybe they found a couple lines, whatever it was, a practice strategy. Six, five, and five is clearly an improvement on where they've been, but I, I mean, you bad teams do have stretches in the season where they're not completely abysmal. Yes, every, exactly, exactly. So you can't, you can't just judge this and say, okay, yeah, they've turned the corner. They're going to be a good team now. No, exactly. Everyone over the course of an 82-game season has a period where they play better hockey. Is there a... And good teams have periods where they play bad hockey. Does it make them terrible? Like it's. Are you trying to say something about Chicago? No, they're terrible. No, they're, I said good teams. They're just having a bad season. Good, good teams. Um, is, is there a phrase that's less dramatic than turn the corner? Or maybe they just kind of... They're like... playing better hockey. Yeah. That's all we can say at this point. It's okay, sixteen games. Let is me, just not enough. They're not punching themselves in the face anymore. Let me get <laughs> the ultimate backhanded compliment. Let me uh, let me get more specific. Then, what from this group right now do you trust? And I guess I'm trying to get both of you to say Auntie Ranta's name because I'm, I'm I'll say that easily. Fairly yeah, all in I've on never him. I've never thought he was anything other than a number one. Okay. He's just had injury and weird circumstances, like with the car accident. Like it's just been a weird season for him, and injuries have always been part of the equation. But he's been solid now for three different organizations in the last four years when he's gotten playing time. He stepped in last night in the third period, made 12 saves yeah. to secure the win over San Jose, second player. half back-to-back yeah. on the road. Uh, one goal game, too, when he stepped in and finished that way. 37 saves against the Blackhawks. That got lost in the shuffle yeah. of things. I mean, he was, he was a big part of that. I just, when you're looking at a team, obviously when you're looking at the Coyotes, you're looking beyond this year. If they re-sign on Tiranta and that defense stays the way it is, and maybe they even add Rasmus Dahlin in the draft, but yep. even if they don't, yeah, I mean, there's there's your strength. Phoenix Sports franchise winning the lottery is just good luck. That, that's that's good. But <laughs> but Ivanta should be a priority. He should yeah. be the number one priority. Well, he, I think. yeah, and, and I well, asked John Chica, Larson, but I asked John Chica about him at the end of January, and they, obviously they said they wanted to see a little bit more of a body of work from him. Then, well, he's put together a really good body of work recently. If if you look at his numbers since the new year. Um, in 13 games, he's allowed 27 goals on 383 shots. That's a 930 save percentage. Since since the new year, he's got the fifth best save percentage of anybody I would consider a starter. Yeah. Okay. So he he's played at an elite level since he's been healthy and able to. Overall, he's got a 919 save percentage, which is again tied for 10th among goalies who played at least 30 games, which I think is a benchmark at this point yes. in the season for whether you're a, a regular or not. When I asked John Chaika about him actually today, 
he, uh, he said he's not going to talk about negotiations anymore, So, it, which was a switch from what he told me on January 3rd, which makes me think that something's going on now that they may, may have started those conversations. I, I can't confirm that. But I, I got to believe that this is a guy that they're going to look to lock up maybe before the end of the season. He really hasn't had any bad games this season. He gave up five goals in the game against Buffalo on November 2nd. It was his fourth start as a Coyote, and he was just coming back from that injury. But generally speaking... He really hasn't had many bad games over the course of the entire no, season. He's and very he, solid. He's player. had games he's stolen for them, too. Mm-hmm. But uh, you want to talk about your goalie keeping you in games most nights. He does it pretty he, much nine out of ten nights. He, if he's your goalie, at least this is the way it looks now for the Coyotes. And I think we can give more credence to what we saw from him in a backup role, but an extended backup role with the Rangers last year where he was doing the same thing. And an extended period last year where he was starting for them. When oh, yeah, over Lundqvist. And where Lundqvist wasn't hurt. Yes. Yeah, so he's, he's a good. He's everything that they've wanted him to be. Yes, I agree. When, he, when he's on the ice, he's yeah. everything that they've wanted him to be. That trade, I know it, it doesn't mean anything in the standings right now for the Coyotes, but getting Derek Stepan and Antiranta on on the morning of the draft was that's pretty pretty fantastic. This trade. season, they're their two best players. Yeah, in terms of just on a night to night basis. Yeah, on a consistency night to night basis, I would take those two players. They have been excellent. That said, the other part of this that you mentioned is the blue line, and, and those guys are finally healthy. Nicholas Chalmerson's yeah. in the lineup for an extended period of time. Jacob Chikrin is back. And you, you've seen what this blue line has done. It, it In 2018, again, since the new year, their blue line has 11 goals and 35 points in 16 games. Goligoski is on a, a tear yeah, right now with nine points. He's the player they were hoping they were going to be when they yeah, signed Yeah, so if you have both of those elements in place, you've got your starting goaltender. I, I think you've got a backup goaltender in Wedgwood, too. I yeah. think he's... And mostly pretty good. He had a little stretch there where he wasn't playing so well, but I still think he's backup material. And you have your blue line largely set. That's a really good place to be. So now you're you're looking up front, of course, for that number one center that you still don't have, yeah. and you, you probably still need some more pop off the wings. If you ended up with a like a top three pick in this year's draft, which they should, there's not really any centers listed. In, in most mock drafts or scouting reports, is a top three player. That could still change, obviously. Not even a top ten. Tim Bernhardt said he yeah. doesn't think there's a center ranked among the top ten in this year's draft, which is troublesome because that's what they need. And would you consider trading down if you get something else and then taking a center? Or how are you addressing I mean, yeah, I think you gotta, you think you still got to take talent. If there's if you if you think a center is close to the talent that you're you think well the guy we have at number ten is close to the guy we have at number three yeah then fine but if you say there's a significantly talented player that we're going to take that's a defenseman or a wing you have to take that player even if you move that player as an asset I, I mean a defenseman if if you're I, I'd still take a defenseman if, no. if if you think that you know when you're if you're that high in the draft and if it's not Dolan obviously you'll take you Dolan can if never you never have yeah. enough defensemen yeah, yeah yeah so you take that piece but like if you have in the terms of the wing problem. if you're if you're you're thinking okay we can get the second best wing or we can get the best center I'd probably still lean toward the center because I know teams say all the time that they don't draft for need but yes they, they do. do they always do and this team desperately needs centers look at the depth chart in their system by the way Dylan Strome, we all know about. We've talked yeah. about him well, you, to you, death. You did a piece that broke, broke it down. Yes, but beyond him, who, yeah. look, who's second and third in their, in their depth chart right now? Laurent Dauphin is number two on yeah, their depth chart right now. He's not. His peak is fourth-line center. Yeah. And there's, again, nothing wrong with that. Nobody expected him to be a first-line center. It's just yeah. that's what his peak is. And you, you know you don't He's find those guys. He's a slightly more talented Tyler Gaudet. Like, yeah, you don't find those got. guys in free agency. You, you generally don't find them via trades. No. Unless you're dealing with Peter Shirelli. Yeah. <laughs> 
So I, I think I'm with you if it came down to the number the number one center in the draft, even if, if he is projected as the 10th best player or whatever, or the number two wing if he's projected as like four or five or something. And it's still a lottery. Like, what was Barzal? What was his ranking among mm-hmm. centers in that draft? Exactly. Yeah. Three? That's the thing. You can't say, oh, those guys aren't in the draft. No, you just, you don't know. Well, but who they're going to find themselves. Who the show said the theory? Just draft all centers. Me. Just, okay, take seven centers. I, I'm at that they point. They did it with defensemen, right? Yeah. I mean, and, and they've got some somebody. younger prospects yes. on, on the blue line as well. P.O. Joseph at the top of the list, but yeah, you got you got to trust that center position. You you have a desperate need there. And again, I still don't think John Tavares is making it to free agency. And if he does, I don't think he's I, coming to yeah. Arizona. I'm sure there there's a long list of teams above the Coyotes. But this is a, this is a very realistic scenario where your your blue line is is actually set up pretty well. You may have your number one goalie. You've got some wings, and even if they don't pan out, that's the easiest position in hockey to replace. Is it really that crazy to just draft a ton of centers this year? Where I'm worried the Coyotes are going to end up is like with the second pick. So you don't you don't get Dolan where you're, you're just going with the clear-cut number one guy. And then you're in a real tough decision. You finally have a top two pick, but you're going to take a guy that on a lot of people's draft boards is 10th or 11th if you go center. That's yeah. that's a tough call. That's not. I mean, you, yeah, that might ideal. be the instance like you were talking about, where you think about trading and trying to acquire more assets in the first round. Maybe you just trade down in the first round and try and get two picks. Or, or is there somebody? Again, you have to look and see. But, or is it? Uh, oh, geez, this is going to be on the bingo card. Craig's phone going Craig's off. Going off. Podcast. Or, or do you try to find a team that's a contender that has a strong center prospect blocked in their system? They're trying to win now. Would that be? I don't know who that would be, but I mean, do, or they have a strong, maybe it's not even a prospect, it's maybe somebody that they're like, we don't really have room for him, he's probably a second or third liner, but we have centers, I don't know, but I feel like at some point you also can't keep trading picks for picks. Well, they're not trading for Kyle Turris, if that's where you're going. Well, no, they're not trading for Kyle Turris. <laughs> okay. yeah. yeah, you can't Although keep trading picks Kyle Turris. They could use Kyle Turris right now. Um, on that note, what are we hearing about Max Domi? Conflicting things. I mean, what John Chica, look, there's a the report in the New York Post from Larry Brooks said that the Coyotes have made it known that Max Domi is there for the taking. I don't I don't think that's the case. And John Chica said that's that's inaccurate. He did say that teams have called. But I do think the Coyotes will listen to offers for Max Domi. Um, the, the problem here is Max Domi has four goals. Yes. So his trade value is down and they're not going to trade him for less than value. So it there's becomes no problematic. And, I, yeah, to be honest, I wouldn't trade Max Domi at this point. I think it's too soon. But you, you get reports. Both Bob McKenzie and Pierre Lebrun reported basically the same thing that I just said, that they, they'd listen, but they're not actively shopping him. But then Elliot Friedman comes out and says something entirely different and says he's he thinks if it doesn't happen at the trade deadline, it will happen in the summer. See, that's that lends a little more, at least makes me, pay a little closer attention to it. I mean, what John Chica is saying makes sense. You don't need to trade him. He's under contract through the rest of this year. At, at It's an entry-level deal, and the yeah. next year he's restricted. Yeah. So you can... He, he's under team control, period. Could control like, him for a very cheap amount, and you're not going to have to pay him that much after the season he just put together this year either. So you may actually get him in a bargain for next year. And we all know he is a better player than this. We don't know how consistently good he's going to be at the NHL level, but we've already seen him perform better than this. Yeah, he should be better than this, though. We've seen enough of him to know that he's he better, better than under this Dave player. Tippett. Let's just say it. He was Almost a everybody under Dave was. Tippett. I will continue to say that for until I'm like, I can't speak anymore. But oh, when, when will that be? Not soon enough for you. <laughs> See, now I feel better. But, but again, you can't get into a scenario here where you are trading 
your young assets for pennies on the dollar. I you don't, just I don't can't think do, do it. That. And, and I, under, I understand, I, even if you want to write off the Duclair thing, whatever. You that, can't do that with Max Domi. No, too. you can't because, yeah, <laughs> there's there's baggage with Duclair. And look, Anthony Duclair was just a healthy scratch yes. with the Blackhawks, too. So Went from first liner in Phoenix that night and then healthy scratch two games later. Yeah. Now, but, Max Domi is not the same situation, but he is struggling this season. So, By the way, Barzal, number, number five center. In his draft. Really? Yeah. Number five drafted or number five ranked center going in? Both. Barzal was behind. Now, technically, I would say four. Or no, five. Because technically, he was six, but they had Marner listed at center, and Marner was never going to play center. So the centers the centers in front of him the top were three. McDavid, Eichel, Strom. And Zaka. Okay. So, again, it's not apples to apples. There's also, I can probably go find the fourth and fifth highest ranked centers that were turned out to be garbage. But... You can find, to the point we were making earlier, if sometimes these are lottery tickets, you just need to give yourself as many lo- scratch-off tickets as you possibly can because maybe you've, you strike gold. Yeah, at this point, I think that's where the Coyotes are. They've, they've potentially got two of the four positions locked up. They don't have center even remotely locked up. Well, so if Max do whatever Domi, you got to do. If Max Domi were traded, would, would you be looking for prospects or assets for him? Any more prospects? You that's but, but kind of how I feel. Unless it's center. But here's the problem: How do you get NHL ready guys? You're not. You're not going to compete in the next two years. So what are you going to bring in? 28, 29, 30 year old makes no uh, sense. wingers that aren't going to help you win now. Yeah, that makes no sense. Like the, that's the problem. The only way you're competing is if you get a number one center. Correct. Then, and then, it, that, then changes that, that changes everything. That changes everything. Changes everything you do. You then have to then look in your system and say. Does Strom have a role? If not, can we move him for assets that can help us in the next two or three years? So this goes back to my but original point. I don't have that. I'm not. I'm not trading Max Domi. I guess the only way that you could you could justify doing it, and you, and you're getting the sort of return that you need is if it was part of a bigger deal. Who's trading a number one center? Nobody. The Islanders would be the only person right now, or only team right now that would be doing that, and they're not. Yeah, you, you would have to. No. You basically would have to get a guy like Barzal a year ago. That's your best yeah. chance is to get a prospect like that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just trying to look at all, all the guys around the what league. A, what, the what about a guy like Galchenia? Would, would you look at that trade as a possibility? A, maybe. I think you have to take depending on what they want. I mean, if they want Oliver Ekman-Larsen. What if it's Max Domi and maybe something else? Maybe you got to take a chance on that. Because if you strike gold with Galchenia, you can go Galchenia step on one, two. My, my thought is, what is the what is the quickest path to Stanley Cup contention? And do you have a better chance of getting there with Alex Galchenyuk or Max Domi? Now, that's not saying that that's on the table or whatever, but you have to look at that. And center is the most important position. And then if in the NFL somebody wants to trade you their star quarterback for your star wide receiver, guess what you're doing? Yeah, and Galchenyuk is, is one of those guys that if you were going to make a list of, of the players around the league that could most benefit from a change of scenery... He's got to be right at the very top of the list. But he? also, to that point, you then have to then make a commitment to put players around him and put players around that team. Yeah. Because, again, it's good. I like Galchenyuk a lot. I like Derek Stepan a lot. I sing his praises almost every episode. They're not Connor McDavid. Right. So you're going to have to put pieces around them in order to compete. And, and how much concern do you have with Galchenyuk's history? I mean, he's been a, yeah. a bit of an enigma. I know he's been an enigma, no doubt. I mean, there, there are still questions of whether he can even play the position consistently. That's been the, the knock yeah. on him in Montreal. You can't, you can't just ignore that. No, although a lot of the stuff that comes out of Montreal, for better it's or true. for worse. And by the way, that could be for worse in my mind where I'm just brushing it all away when that's yeah. unfair. But there's just a lot of things that come out of Montreal that's just a lot of talk. But that is, I think, the sort of 
even if it's not Galchenyuk, that's the sort of player you're looking at. Somebody that is still really young in this league that mm. at least could play you center. You have to take chances. He's a 30-goal scorer two years ago. Like People act like Galchenyuk has fallen off the face of the earth. He had 30 goals and, and 26 assists in the 2015-16 season. And that, and that team's a disaster this year. They are. And, and, yeah. and I always feel like you can buy low on teams in big markets that turn into complete disasters for one season because there's always an overreaction. So if you don't specifically want Galchenyuk, at least look at that formula of young player that can play center that has already shown in this league the ability to he's broken the 20 goal barrier twice and he's on a team that's probably going to panic and hasn't put him in the best position to succeed and again maybe that team wants the number number two or number three pick what if montreal walks into the draft and you know if if they take multiple players maybe off that team and they can walk in the draft with two top five picks i mean that might be intriguing to montreal they might be willing to say, fine, we're just going to blow this up, but we're going to blow this up with two top five picks so we have something to sell our fan base. Look, look at what we're able to do. We're going to be able to draft our future this year, right now. But if you're the Coyotes, you're not giving up the second pick in the draft for Alex Galchenyuk. Galchenyuk plus. Is that like a like a new and improved Galchenyuk? No, but, you know, maybe, again, you have Galchenyuk. We've heard stuff about Pacioretty. Patches. I mean, I do like patches. If, like if they're really going too. to blow it up and they're, not lo- and they're th- thinking this is a two- or three-year plan... Offering them a top three pick as a starter for a conversation for two of their big players is not – I don't think it's out of their own possibility. With Max Domi? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they would, I'm sure they're going to want a young player as well. You, that, you can't just give them the number two pick and get those two players. It's so not going to happen. you're giving them the number two pick, Max Domi, for Alex Galchenyuk and Max Pacioretty. Yes, and I would do that in a heartbeat. And I, I wouldn't even think twice. That's interesting. Those are two players that have proven to be able to perform at least at some point in the NHL. And if Galchenyuk – Locks in as a top two center. It, yeah, because if Max Pat, uh, all of a sudden Patrick isn't too case, old for you. If, yeah, well, if, that's the yeah. thing. Patrick is going to be thirty early next season. So, do you, are you concerned about that? I wouldn't be if then if the plan is at that point is to then put some other pieces around them, because now you're talking a scenario where we've got you got Keller, Pacioretty, Galchenyuk, Stepan, Fisher, Fisher. So you, you sign a couple wings in free agency. You you have a healthy blue line for all or, well as healthy as you can be going into the season. Injuries are going to happen. That could be, in, a, in a, honestly, a weak Pacific division, let's be honest. That could be a playoff team. That's interesting. That's the first interesting thing so we've that, ever that, said if on you had those two, <laughs> 136 episodes. But again, that, that's, you're trading that pick. You're trading a young player, whether it's Domi or whatever it is. You're getting those two players back. And then you're still going to have to commit to trying to win. Like, you're going to have to add one or two other pieces. Not $8 million a year pieces, but other pieces to your team. The second you bring in a guy like Pacioretty, which I agree, I would like to have that guy on my team. You're committed to trying to make the playoffs that year. I'm saying you could at that point you could throw two line the top two lines on the ice that can compete with the top teams in your division. And with your defense and goaltending, if it plays to the potential that we think it has, all of a sudden you're you're in games every night. I mean that's that's all you can do at this point. You're not you're not expecting to go to the Stanley Cup next year if you're the Coyotes. But again, I think you, you do that as a package. Ultimately, you you have to get that at least attempt to get that center. Yeah, they like getting Pacioretty does nothing for them right now. Not, not they're, they're by not, itself. They're, no, because they're not at that stage in their development yet. You right. have to get pieces. I just I don't know how you're going to get the center. You're going to have to get creative. You're going to have to, like Jamie said, get a few lottery tickets and just hope one of them. Do you, again, I still think again. Do, can you can you move a mid round pick for Sam Bennett? I don't know if you can. I, I but you want Bennett th- or Galchenyuk? I'd rather have Galchenyuk, yeah, but so I'm saying, I. but if you're trying, I, I'm trying to take the Steve Eiserman goalie theory yeah. that he did to perfection and try to put that in Coyotes and centers. So it's gonna be a little bit harder. I would just ask, Steve but take Eiserman a chance on opinion. some, of, but take some, take a chance on some of these high upside. Now again, maybe Calgary's like, there's no reason for us to sell Sam Bennett for pennies on the dollar either, which by the way is a very real possibility, and you can only again it takes two to tango. 
But if you think you can, if you can move a mid, like what are the odds that you're, the pick that you're going to have in the middle of the second round is going to be have higher upside than Sam Bennett? What are the odds? I just and I think you take you take that chance nothing, if it's presented to you. It nothing not. gets Jamie more passionate than Sam Bennett talk. It, it, whether it's it's Calgary burning games off his entry level yes. deal for no reason, or for, a year off his entry level deal for no for reason, for no reason to get destroyed in the playoffs. Yeah, or even now when he's become like the most nondescript prospect in hockey. But I, I and I'm, he hasn't I'm been good. You. And no. it, you know, it could be a waste of time. But you know what? I'll take my chance on somebody that was the number one pick that had that showed that potential at one point for a second rounder than just taking a sh- another shot in the dark. It's just as much of a shot as dark as somebody you're going to take in the second round now. Yeah, yes, he's I'd, not under I'd do team a control. Pick but, for Sam Bennett. Let's do it right now. But again, I don't know if that's something Calgary's interested in doing. Was that Chica that called before, Craig? We can make, just make the trade. Just get him on the phone. I'm not answering that. Oh, okay. SB, can you, just, can you trade? Yeah, can you just facilitate What, what do you want for Sam us? Bennett? Let's, let's do something fun. Let's talk about the Olympics. All right. Or not. Well, yeah, Team USA and Team... Oh, excuse me. Olympic athletes from Russia team. OAR. Did really... Uh, Really strong days today for those two. Slovakia and Slovenia are dominating yes. right now. Just as we all predicted. This is pretty much what Russia we... and Team USA. OAR, actually. OAR. OAR. Or? Both 0-1. We still think Sweden's winning the whole thing. I'm going to keep saying that. Yes. Really on board Sweden winning it now. Okay. Yes. After watching that, <laughs> those results today. It's so sad. It I, I love Olympic hockey, and I just don't care right now. I just don't care. It just makes me sad. I it, it, it's, it, it's too bad because... Back when amateurs were playing, when you guys weren't born, probably. Yeah, that's yeah, depressing. Yeah, we're, we're millennials. Great. Uh, yeah, so back when the Miracle on Ice was happening, it was a big deal then, and, and it was all amateurs. We didn't have professionals. It was still a big deal. It's almost like pro it's kind of like hockey the, players ruined the, the Olympics. Podcast. We can never go back again. You can't put the genie back in the bottle now. Well, I think it, if we played the World Juniors in the well, Olympics... You're just going to let his, his uh, Christina Aguilera references slide yes, right by like they're, they're nothing? By all means, go. No, I just, I'll dance while you talk. You'll, you'll dance? Yes. I wish. Finish whatever you were going to say. <laughs> I yeah, it's, if, 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 it's kind of distracting when you say you're going to yeah, dance. Yeah, like, um, electric slide? Or, if they played the World Juniors in the Olympics, we would watch. The problem is, is it's the mix. You can't, you can't have like really good players and yeah. then whatever Team USA is right now. That's, that's where it's, it's gotten. It's, yes. It's gotten out of hand because Craig's right. Like Once you open that door to NHL players, you've kind of changed the game forever. So you can't then go back and say, oh, but you guys from these countries can keep having your professional players. Yeah, you have to go one way or the other. Like, I like the World Juniors more than the World Championships because I like oh, seeing yeah, those, young, those young yeah, players. Even back in the Miracle on Ice days, uh, let's face it, the Soviet Union was still playing its best players. <laughs> it's true. Still playing its professionals. They just weren't professionals. But the U.S. team that quotes, year unquote. was... Air quotes. Was, yeah. was a bunch of... I mean, they were clearly amateurs. They hadn't been in the NHL yet. The problem now is you have guys that are done in the NHL that are now – it's like you graduate from the NHL to the Olympics. Yeah, and done because nobody wanted them. Yeah. So, like, if you're not playing in the NHL, hey, why don't you come play in the Olympics? Like, that that wasn't how it was supposed to be. This is, like, the worst of both worlds. You're not getting the amateurs and you're not getting the best players. Yeah, correct. So you've just got this middle ground. I mean, I'm still watching because it's the Olympics, but – I think you just send the CHL All-Star team. (laughs) Um – Seattle, the best of the best of the Canadian juniors. Just Seattle, Seattle officially uh, filing its expansion app. So what are, what's the timeline we're looking at here? I don't know. Until they win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, their second year. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, we, we still have that that whole lockout thing that's kind of just looming. You think over there? Nineteen twenty. They can opt out in nineteen September nineteen. Yeah, they will. Which is really soon. 
So I think uh, post lockout. I do like your idea of a compliance buyout for the Black. I'm telling you, Jonathan Taves is going to be you the think star it's of Taves, this. I think it's Seabrook. I think it's both if they get two. Oh. <laughs> Jonathan Taves. You walk away from Jonathan Taves. Jamie paints a rosy picture of a lockout and two compliance buyouts for the Chicago Blackhawks in two years. Good times for everyone. We're not going to end on that note, are we? Oh, no, I'm all on no. board with Brent Seabrook. That'd be good. Right. I mean, they're, yeah, they're both bad. Brent Seabrook should probably be the Jonathan first. Jonathan Taves is not bad. No, he's, not he's just not 10.5. He 10. does a lot 5. of things really well. No, he's, he's just, just not 10.5 million. Good. Yes, exactly. Brent Seabrook is not good anymore. What's our poll question today before we wrap up? Oh, before we wrap up, no, I want to read the Canuck statement from okay. uh, oh, yes. Trevor this... Linden. This is not quite as good as the Rangers statement. Are but... we getting a voice here? Yeah, we'll, we'll get a voice here. By Can the way. Get, is it a British Columbia accent? Uh, I, I don't even what know. What does a BC accent sound like? No, just British. Just go. British? I don't even know how that makes sense. Okay. But I like this new trend of GMs and organizations telling their fans that, hey, we're going to suck the rest of the year. By the way, nobody thought Vancouver was a playoff team. Yeah, so I'm glad I'm glad they came out to tell us that they're not. Thanks for waving the white flag on the. Um, at the same time, you're announcing a, a an extension I, 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 for Jim Benning. Yeah, that's nice. Our GM has done such an excellent job. Well, that's in here somewhere. So as we approach the final stretch of the season and an important window for building for the future, very important window right now. This is uh, it. Trade deadline. Uh, I want to share some thoughts about our team and the road ahead. First, we all share the same goal: to build a young, fast, exciting Canucks team that competes every night and ultimately has a chance to bring the Stanley Cup to Vancouver. Wait, wasn't that the Rangers' goal too? It seems like a lot of goals. Okay, can't uh, all have the same goal. But they, they don't want to win; they just want to compete every night. Oh well, they can do that. Just I mean, compete. They are competing most nights. Yeah, they're obligated to. I hate that word. Big, big picture: our future is perhaps brighter than ever. Perhaps. Didn't they go to the Stanley Cup? Well, they did couch it, perhaps. Perhaps. When they say Brighton, or perhaps they, mean, not. they don't mean like half the city's on fire? <laughs> Thanks to the depth of talent that Jim and our scouts have Brighter assembled. than ever. Even brighter than when we brought the city and twins in. <laughs> brighter than ever. Mm. Uh, okay. Like many of you, I'm excited about the group of prospects in our pipeline, and then they're, they're going to test me with these, uh, including Elias Patterson, Ole Ulevi, Thatcher Demko, Adam Gaudet, Cole Lind, Jonathan Dolan, and others who are, and others. <laughs> who are among many others. young players taking others. big steps. Yeah, whatever happened to Ole Levy? Whatever I, happened I to know. others? Yeah. It's a others nice little umbrella. Yes. We're not sure which of them will emerge, so we'll just throw We're just going to throw in every prospect we have. <laughs> We're going to write you a 900-word letter, but we don't have any Hey, remember when we had two excellent goalies on our team and then end up with zero? That was fun. Uh, in the shorter term, we have faced some challenges with injuries and inconsistency. Also, by the way, being bad and not good. See, this is where Jamie starts putting his own quotes That being in said, I, I think fans can see hope for the future, especially through young stars like Bo Horvat and Brock Besser. Witnessing Brock's rookie season has been a special piece of Canucks history. I'm also grateful for the Sedins' leadership and continued strong play. That feels like such the offhand comment. Oh, yeah, I'm also, yeah, the Sedins are here, too. We're still stunned yeah. that the Sedins are, are outscoring Bo Horvat, <sighs> but in we addition, feel good about Bo Horvat. Uh, yeah, in, in like half the minutes. Yes, it's... In addition, Travis has brought an aggressive, entertaining style of play that will help us win long term. You got to give props to Travis Green. He's done a great job. Yeah, he was put in an unwinnable situation. Really He's done a good job. He was with like it. the Frank Reich of the NHL. Like, go coach a team that has no hope, and if you don't do a great job, you'll just lose your job and never get another one. Yes, he's done a good job. He's done a good job. They're, they might pick first, but he's done a good job. Moving forward, the next several months will be important as we add even more prospects to our pool and build on the positive steps we have seen this year. Even more others. Yes. There was no mention of Louis Erickson in there, was there? No. Poor guy. He's only got four more years left. (laughs) (laughs) We still need to be patient, but I'm excited about our journey ahead together. It's going to be worth it, and I sincerely hope to welcome you back again for the 18-19 season. Uh, The end of that sounds like he was signing somebody's yearbook. (laughs) Signing off for the Canucks season. Okay, so whose letter was better, the Rangers or the Canucks? Um... The Rangers was more comical. Yes, the Rangers was a lot funnier. Yeah. The Canucks was... 
needless. Yeah. Like, let's just name all of our prospects. Yeah. We have all of these players that are not yet good enough to play for us, but will one day hopefully be good enough to play for us, so be happy about that. No real mention of Brandon Sutter or Sam Gagne in that letter mm. either. Maybe you have to read between the lines. I don't know. Are we going to just end every show now with a letter from a team uh, well, that's given up on keep coming. Sure. I'm trying to see what, what other letters are we going to get soon. I is uh, Buffalo, Buffalo going to tell us? That, hey, no, guys, we're not, we're not going to Sam Bowman has already said he still thinks he can build around that, that core one more time, so oh. that's not coming. If we do get a letter from Chicago, Craig's reading it. I will definitely read it. For the first time ever on the air. Okay? Maybe maybe Jamie and I will write one for you as maybe if I'll we sing were it. Stan Bowman. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> to the tune of Canada. All right. That's going to do good. it for us. I just looking more at that team. That team's not good. What Vancouver? Yeah. Oh. They're not, they're not going to be good soon. Nope. I'm Did a big you, Bo Horvath fan. hear all the prospects they have? Others. Others. Didn't mention Thomas Vanek either. They have a lot of players. Oh, that is Thomas Vanek could be a free agent. That's, a, yeah. that's an easy trade at the yeah, deadline. He's not making any money. I would hope so. Yeah, two million. Yeah, somebody. Else. That's a, that's a good one. Remember right. when Sven Barchi was supposed to be good? We're at the point of the show where we're talking about the Canucks roster, and before you get they to have the like Nicolai a who's who of guys that used to be like prospects that kind of suck. Well, they Nikolai are like the Godobin, Brandon Gaunt, Reed Boucher, they, Jake Vertanen, Marcus Granlin, Sven Barchi. But, but aren't they, like aren't they uh, basically they're uh, they're doing what we said that teams have to do though they're just getting a bunch of lottery tickets the problem is Vancouver got like scratchers that have already been scratched that they found laying in the parking lot and they're trying to build their team around that like you at least need to get a new lottery ticket so there's a chance you might actually win but Vancouver is another candidate Jake Vertanen could be won twenty faceoffs yet this year <laughs> all you ever want to do is talk about Jake Vertanen just, I was trying to make it's a so point. bad all right. Okay. Can we talk about oh, the, the prospect polls and all that special either? Let's yeah, be I, I think we should. I think we should stop now. Why don't you guys do former Coyote great Jan Pavel Laplante on in their prospect list? He's stop. one of the others. Just stop. Whatever <laughs> is he? Yes, he is. Whatever I didn't realize he was there. You guys <laughs> are going to bring up. The he was second. here for like a, not even a cup of coffee. Chris, no, lost control just passed through. Cup of Cuban coffee. Everybody except he showed up in I think in Pittsburgh when they acquired him. All right, that's going to do it for us for episode one thirty six. Thanks for talking about like Brandon Natural Hat Trick podcast. You guys are both muted, so you can keep talking. Remember when Pateri Nokalainen was? Stop talking about Pateri Nokalainen. Jamie's talking about Pateri Nokalainen. We are going away. Thank you for listening.